Well, good afternoon to you, Right on Radio listener. Good afternoon to you, Jesse, as well. I'm glad to see Watching Wall in the uh, audience as well. Uh, who else we got here that we know? Well, we just got people coming in like crazy here right now. Hey, y'all. Jesse, good day to you. Chris should be joining us any minute. Oh, Jesse, your microphone is muted, so that's why we can't hear you. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. Hey, please do some likes and shares and get this uh, get this show out. Uh, he should be coming on any minute. Uh, Jesse, are you able to hear? I see Jesse's in the house, but she is not. I am here having volume issues with my phone. I don't know what it is with your phone, Jesse, but it uh, it always causes the echo. It does. Hey, let me just, uh, I'm just going to send Chris another quick message. He did say he'd be ready, but he is not here yet. So let me give him a quick little poke. Jesse, I'm going to mute myself if you can talk for a moment. Well, I guess Jesse did not want to talk for a moment. <laughs> That's okay, because I usually have lots of words to uh, to get out there. Um, first thing is, and uh, this is not confirmed yet, uh, but we had some really great comments on that show last night. If you have not heard the show from last night on uh, relationships, it was one of the most fun uh, sincere and helpful uh, programs that we've done. I really, really, truly believe that. And hey, greetings to you from South Africa, Ruben. Uh, yeah, so the relationship, just some great advice to navigate everyday life. Uh, it was so good and uh, not confirmed yet, but on Friday, we like to do some live shows here on Podbean as well. And what I'm thinking about, and you can let me know in the, in the chat if you think this is a good idea, I'm thinking about inviting Jim, the uh, relationship love guru, on to do a Podbean Live and actually take calls and give out some kind of free counseling or, you know, dealing with specific issues that you have with relationships. Uh, he's a guy, we put him to the test last night. We pulled some pretty uh, tough questions on him, and he was easily able to handle it and give some really great wisdom. So, hey, please like and share. Please, uh, let, let's see those shares go out. Uh, okay, we see us. One says, uh, wonderful idea. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, problems in marriage, problems with a, with a, uh, a sibling, problems with a boss. There's all kinds of ways to do it, and uh, I just think it would be a, a fun and helpful uh, show and kind of get you going into the weekend in the right way. So uh, keep the comments coming in if you think that's a good idea uh, to do a show like that, a call-in show on Friday at 1 p.m. Uh, and also, as I say, please get the shares out. There's not very many people jumping on today. Normally we have about uh, three times as many as this. And, and including Chris, hopefully he will jump on. Uh, Jesse, would you be able to talk for a couple month, minutes while I give him a quick phone call? Okay, Jesse is having technical difficulties. And it sounds like Chris is as well. I don't know what is going on with this guy. Or Jesse. 
Thank you watching them all for the share and like and sending the hearts. Great message as well. Uh, it really does help. By the way, just a quick note. Uh, Jesse had found uh, the on Podbean's main page. Get this. We were ranked number five, the fifth podcast on the entire platform in the news category. Number five. So we were beating, and I don't know if maybe some of you will recognize a couple of these names, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, who was the number one show on Fox when he uh, had the factor uh, prior to Tucker Carlson getting the spot. Uh, when he had the factory, it was the number one show on Fox. He is number six. Remember Megan Kelly, the Megan Kelly podcast. She was number eight. We're beating these people right on radio. Isn't that unbelievable? Okay. Uh, sorry, folks. I'm going to just pause for a second here because I don't know what is going on with either Jesse or Chris. Well, I just sent Chris another message, and as I say, I do not know what is happening with Jesse. She is here, but she is not speaking. Maybe she's mad at me because we discussed our relationship <laughs> on the show. <laughs> no, I know her mic is muted. Well, she's had issues with volume, she is saying. She just sent me a text. Let me see what she's saying. Uh, the cutting in and out uh, this morning, she can hear me, but okay, that is very strange. And listen, uh, I'm just going to give Chris a couple minutes, otherwise uh, we, I guess we're not going to have a show today, uh, because, you know, this whole show is planned around him. I did not have anything else planned uh, other than, uh, Jeff, can you tell us how to handle all the information in this season? Uh, yes. I thank you for that question. Uh, something that I've been harping on for some time now is people are looking for too much intel. Uh, the, on the truther side, there's just as much disinformation as there is on the mainstream media side. You need to get back to the Word of God. <laughs> you, you need to honestly... Um, what what I do quite on you know I used to have to dig ten twelve hours a day to put up to put together a show. Um, I don't do that anymore. Now I read the Bible, I pray, and I ask God to put before my eyes what I need to see. And really, that's it. And and even when some people post you know Intel videos, they're like uh, two hours long, for instance, uh, and. and and everyone sends me these things. Uh, by the way, uh, please send minute marks, like uh, what I'm looking for, if you want to send me a video. Here's a two-hour video. At this point, they say this. You should watch it at one hour and six minutes, or whatever that minute marker is. Uh, but otherwise, what I do is I just uh, I scroll forward. I stop in a couple random spots, and I trust God to make me to make the, the video stop at the random spot. So a two-hour video, I usually spend less than 10 minutes on. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, this, we're in the Intel business, so it's self-defeating to say, don't get too much into Intel. But honestly, that's the truth. Uh, you're going to be saturated. Your mind's going to be confused. Uh, a, a confused mind will not make the right decisions. Uh, we know, uh, jabs are bad. <laughs> you know, uh, we have compassion for those who have taken them. And we know there's good and bad batches, so we, for the one, our loved ones, we pray they got the good batches, uh, and that there's going to be no effect. Uh, you know, and most of the intel is about that stuff right now. Uh, we know this stuff. It's it's time that uh, the general public gets to know it. Uh, but you reading all these articles and spending all of our time uh, digging into intel is not getting the word out, and it's not helping to change the world. 
It's not loving your neighbor. It's not loving your family and it's not making a difference in your community. So, uh, I do highly suggest that we get out there and actually start, uh, speaking to people and having relationships in our communities. Uh, that is probably the best way to go about it. Okay. Finally, Chris has, uh, joined us. So let me just finish this thought, Chris, and I'll bring you on. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we got to get out there and we have to start waking people up. Uh, essentially that's, that's the best way. And, you know, and don't hit them over the head with a sledgehammer. Ask, just get, ask people questions to get them to start considering things, you know. Uh, why do you think they're pushing this so hard? Especially if they don't work. You know, uh, when does it end? You know, all these different things are something to do. And, and by the way, uh, just a, a tip of the hat to the Canadian truckers and even the American truckers that are joining them. Um, they're making a huge stand in Ottawa. Uh, this weekend, uh, the government is doing everything they can do to stop this truck convoy. Uh, the government is opening up all the way scales and making them go through the scales and slowing them down and making them show their paperwork. And uh, they, like, it's just, it's just criminal what they're doing, but they're scared because, uh, from what I hear, it could be close to a million people converging on Ottawa. Uh, now in, you know, a million people is a lot of people anywhere for a protest. But just to give you an idea, that's one in 30 people in Canada. Essentially, one in 30 people in Canada are planning on going to Ottawa. In fact, I might even be there myself this weekend. But we're going to see how that plays out. I'm working on accommodation. Anyways, without further ado, uh, the military analyst is with us. He is risking his life to do this. He is uh, incognito. His, uh, we call him Chris Wilson, the military analyst, but that is not his real name if his public identity was disclosed. And by the way, I don't even know his public identity, uh, and I'm never going to ask his public identity uh, because we do not want uh, his life to be even more in danger. He is releasing incredible information. He is well-researched. Uh, he has found the best diggers and he's compiled his own essays based on uh, his own research and other people's research. And he put them together in a very methodical way. And today we have a very interesting topic, which is Yemen, the next war front. Uh, Chris, the military analyst, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I think this will entertain the audience because this involves what is known as the Ark of the Covenant. And that has always been one of the best-kept secrets and has been lost to the sands of time. However, once I explained this essay and this narrative, that the public realized that it, the Ark of the Covenant is real, has existed, and there's more than one. I found three. So um, I'm going to read into this. Right away. <laughs> There are three. Um, I sent you a note uh, describing uh, the three that I have found. I'll give the audience a, a quick uh, rendition on this uh, from uh, the note I, I typed you. Yes, yes. And basically, um, all right. Um, okay, I'm just uh, pulling this up rather than having to... Uh, um, uh, okay, well, anyway, um, I've sent it out to, to many people, and I can do it off another one because I didn't seem to uh, have yours uh, in, in the uh, note form. But uh, the, there are three arcs. One is the oldest, is the arc that was actually in, was an ancient nuclear power device nuclear power is not ancient it has existed for thousands of years tens of thousands it just gets quote rediscovered in each after each collapse of each uh root race of mankind and they uh work their way up the ladder and then eventually reach uh nuclear power which we did in the uh uh late 1930s early 1940s However, nuclear power was never meant to be 
used by our um, root race uh, civilization as it's always been abused by for its uh, uh, consequences and it's uh, what its intent is for. So I'll get into the end when I've, I've got my uh, notes prepared for that. But right now I'll go into uh, this one is uh, why Yemen is the next war front. Uh, Queen Sheba's her given name was actually Saba, S-A-B-A. Her palace was discovered in Marib, Yemen. That's M-A-R-I-B. Uh, Yemen is on the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. It is the southernmost below Oman. It is known at that time as the Box of El, E-L, which we know as the Ark of the Covenant. And it's been buried beneath her palace for 3,000 years. And what happened was she abandoned her residence, allowing the sands of time to bury and protect the ark. She moved to what we know as Ethiopia. The person who developed this story, his name is Gary Vay. He is a, uh editor, writer, and computer programmer. He worked for ViewZone. And I need to just give the audience now uh what his message was at the end so i don't forget i'm not trying to put this out of order but this is critical he was contacted by a man named michael after he releases and the man didn't identify himself but his first name it says you have done very good work hello gary i am writing to you because i have known people who have been looking for the ark all their lives I was shown petroglyphs and how to read them many years ago. In the southern part of Utah and the northern part of Arizona, these petroglyphs tell of Old Testament stories. There is also Celtic writings. Just a few years ago, I noticed writings in other parts of the world that match these writings in Utah and Arizona. The top scholars on this subject were in Utah and Arizona for seven years straight because of a meeting I helped set up by direction. I want you to know that you can put your life in great danger if you are not careful. These people are obsessed with finding not only the ark, but also a, a place called the treasure of treasures. I know what that is. That is the uh, uh, liquid potion. That's the philosopher's stone that was done in Harry Potter's movie, but that has always existed. And that's the elixir of life. And he went on to state that you are clear over your head of what you have stumbled onto. Please be careful of everything you do and not be naive. You have been told, Michael. That was the warning he was given uh, years ago when he discovered this. So, onward. Um, basically, Gary uh, was an editor at ViewZone, and he wrote and uh, published a lot of interesting stories. Uh, whereas some authors write stories to promote a book or CD, others want to be credited with the discovery of something, usually in the field of science or history. Occasionally, though, a story must be told because it is right. It has come. Uh, the time has come, and it is why I've decided to write this story about Yemen. So, in the past couple of days, Yemen had been in the news. This is when he wrote the article. Following a botched terror attack by a Nigerian who once visited Yemen, Senator Lieberman of Connecticut, okay, that's Joseph, at that time, and President Obama have told the American public that this country is the next war front. In no time at all, there will be military advisors, equipment, and soldiers on the ground, just like in Iraq. And like Iraq, the real agenda for being there will be hidden from you. That is, until you read this. Soon you will hear many things about Yemen. The media will paint a picture of this country and its people as a new home of al-Qaeda, which I told you translates into CIA. And you will believe what they say. Why wouldn't you? Yemen is the poorest country in the Arabian Peninsula. It is located on the map below Saudi Arabia. Despite its proximity to the rich oil nation, Yemen is too far south to benefit from the rich oil deposits. It's hot, dry, and water is scarce. The Yemeni people are mostly tribal, as they have been for centuries. There is no reason anyone would vacation in Yemen unless you have family there. You would never likely go to Yemen, but I have. In 2001, I was a guest of the 
Yemeni government because I had accidentally made a discovery that I had no right to make. I discovered strong evidence that the Ark of the Covenant is buried in an archaeological site in a desert outpost called Marib. That's M-A-R-I-B. I know how it sounds, but keep reading. Accidental discovery. No, I'm not an archaeologist or even a historian. At the time, I was a computer programmer working in a cubicle for the electrical grid that controls the power of the North Sea of the, of the United States. In my spare time, I, am, I still am the editor of ViewZone. I was asked to do a story on some petroglyphs, carved stones in a small Colorado town called Yayunta, L-A-J-U-N-T-A. The man who asked me was named Bill McGlone, uh, M-C-G-L-O-N-E, and he suspected that these carved shapes were an ancient language from the old world. The petroglyphs above were originally painted with aluminum powder before being photographed and have been enhanced here uh, in white with Photoshop to make them stand out from the dark rock face. I went to the site and photographed the petroglyphs. They were very old and covered with thick black patina, which is a kind of material that builds up on the stone over many centuries. I had to illuminate them from the side to reveal the hollow shapes, and sometimes there were younger native American petroglyphs scraped on top of them. Aluminum powder, which is mixed with water, was painted on some of the very old and dark, darkened petroglyphs. This falls off the rock harmlessly when it is dried. It is better than chalk, which can scrape and damage the patina and interfere with any attempts to date the writing. The older petroglyphs seem to have reoccurring symbols, like an alphabet, and I spent a week photographing them. When I returned home, I published them on ViewZone, and at Bill's request, asked if anyone could shed light on what these shapes might mean. After about a year had passed, I received news that Bill McGowan had passed away. There seemed little interest in the petroglyphs of Colorado until I got an email from a retired professor from BYU, that's Brigham Young University. He didn't say much, but attached some JPEG files showing more petroglyphs with these same shapes. I immediately wrote back to him and asked him where in Colorado these photographs were taken. He promptly replied with even more photographs that they were from the Negev Desert in Israel, and that is N-E-G-E-V. Dr. James Harris made many trips to the Middle East. He was particularly interested in a collapsed turquoise mine containing inscriptions in the same alphabet that were carbon dated to 1500 B.C. It was the same alphabet that was found in Colorado. He successfully translated the writing by using an ancient Proto-Hebraic dialect. He offered to translate some of the Colorado descriptions and shared his algorithm with me. As a computer programmer, I was used, I was able to use the algorithm to create a translation program of 400 kilobytes in JavaScript. Once downloaded on a laptop, this program could translate most of the inscriptions by running it through a web browser. I returned to Colorado a few months later and successfully translated most of the petroglyphs there. This was very exciting. The Colorado writing made references to K-N-N, or Canaan, C-A-N-N-A-N, and the deity Y-H, which is Yahweh. <coughs> Excuse me. But I could not understand how this ancient language was carved on the Colorado stones thousands of years ago. The next email I received contained more photographs of the same alphabet. This time, the letters were perfectly formed in a font, carefully carved in stone and cast in bronze. The photographs were taken at the newly excavated archaeological site of the Queen of Sheba in Yemen. A team from the University of Calgary, Canada, uncovered the Queen's Palace after being buried in the desert sands for over 3,000 years. The photographs from press releases announced the discovery. They stated that an unknown language had been found on a large wall surrounding the unexcavated courtyard of the Queen's Palace. Often workers posed in front of the wall, hiding some of the letters. This was frustrating to me, but I managed to translate enough to suggest a story that was written here. I stayed up for days and finally translated what text I could see from enlarging the photographs. I am not a historian. I didn't understand what I had translated. It read as follows. Note that portions of the text were obscured by some of the workers standing in front of the wall. And here's what it read. Because the son was aware of the essence that was in him. 
and what the happiness of the son was poisoned by the news that his father passing on. The anger lifted when the son was told the location of the father's great box of El, that's E-L, that is the Ark of the Covenant. And when the happiness of son was poisoned by the action of the beautiful Lord's movement, the son was made happy to swear to protect the box of El and to be associated with the Lord's spirit and his gloom lifted. The son constructed a chamber for the beautiful Lord's spirit and covered it up. He accompanied the chamber of the Lord underneath to pray and to gain understanding and to protect. Then his work was interrupted by workers as they move in front of the, uh, uh, the stone and carving, but it's a long wall. The next photograph was of a bronze cast cylinder that looks as if it had uh, once been enclosed a, a round column. The individual letters of the alphabet had been mass produced, perhaps in wax, before the bronze was cast. So he thought, movable type. How ingenious. I spent another long night translating this text, and it seemed somehow relevant to the carved stone I had finished the previous night. And then he continues on with what he translated. And note that there are always going to be parts missing because there are people standing in front of the, the long stone wall that he's taking photographs of and then using his computer program to translate it. The mother listened through the aperture of the son in his chamber. This is after the, the special chamber for the uh, box of L, which is the Ark of the Covenant, was uh, established uh, to see if he renounced the agreement with the Lord. More parts are missing. Because the sorrowful mother assembled around the chamber a wall without mortar so that she might be able to rescue her son. She watched the sun through the aperture and saw it illuminated and heard thunder and feared for the sun. The sun increased his knowledge of the future and the sun shook and trembled from the knowledge of the unknown. To save her son because of the silence and because the worm had moved out of the aperture and was great was her sorrow. Uh, it, each one is a broken because he's missing information. Uh, so there's a dot, 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 meaning it's a continuation. Move from silence to judge. If the son foresaw the loving mother a wail and doubt his agreement with the Lord. Next, the spirit, no translation, was happy to be made blind on account of the box. And the son's stepbrother suffered increased painful study. The round city to protect her poor son and the mother then slowly encircled the foundation of the chamber. To judge the poor mother so the dwelling place of the box was obscured and the mother was so fearful that the sea would rise. So the proud mother's love for her only son made her to fortify the chamber of the box in case the earth might tremble. Trouble. The photographs were being sent to me by John McGovern, who lived in Australia. He was following the discovery of the petroglyphs in Colorado and saw the similarity of alphabets in the press release by the University of Calgary. He continued to research the artifacts in Yemen and sent me one more carved stone that was on display in a Yemeni museum, and it was upside down because they didn't know the, the script. I rotated the image using Photoshop and began translating again. And he said the stone is broken off at both ends. So this is a, a partial of his translation. The son did not foresee the optimal time for drinking one's fill because of the unknown powers in the world of his future's offspring. And so the world of his progeny would remain sealed. Then he continues. We pray that the crop, meaning the people, will be purified, but do not encourage the harvest, in parentheses of the people, prematurely as the Lord will burn the evil nations from the sky, but let the sun have dominion over the grain, which is the creatures, and do not rise up until friendly nations are here. Enter also to destroy and let the sun predict the leader of these ripe seeds, and the sun will rejoice for the age of the box of El. Continued, the proud mother's son loves the fresh nation, but respects the dwelling place of the body and tabulate the danger from salt water. Continued, and the son, but do not blind uh, do not bind the Lord to have plenty, but unite the people in prayer on the mound and woe. Let the friends of the son rejoice and love because love cannot 
can at last be lofty. Again, continued, real hiding place, but wanted to agree to cause the Lord to escape. But why shed tears for the imprisoned? The mother made construction to be worthy of the delicate Lord and to praise the creator. Continued, the son foresaw the leader. Part of it is, uh, section is missing. And the nation revered the son indeed. And uh, Gary Bay goes on to say, because I am not an academic, getting anyone to review my work was nearly or almost impossible. No one would even speak to me. And if they did, they would mention Graham Hancock or even worse, the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. But eventually someone did listen to me. I sent a copy of my translation to the office of the president of Salih, which is S-A-L-E-H in Yemen, and received an invitation to come to the archaeological site that I made this in because it was such a long article, I broke it into two parts. Uh, part two is, uh, Yemen is about the size of California. The people are Islamic and Arab, but it wasn't always that way. Prior to 1948, there was a very large Jewish population that lived and thrived in Yemen. There were temples and Jewish neighborhoods uh, next to mosques. Children and adults of both faith traditions enjoyed each other's com- companionship and commerce. Then in 1948, the state of Israel was formed in a land occupied for a millennium by the Palestinians. The welcome mat was out for any Jewish people who wanted to come to their new homeland, and most of the Jews in Yemen left. It was a sad time for most Yemenis, uh, Yemenis, and the economy struggled to adjust with the sudden loss of such fine craftsmen. Even today, Yemen is famous for its filigree silver jewelry, yet it is no longer manufactured because of the loss of the Jewish artisans. In Yemen, Yemen, you can see countless examples of Jewish stars incorporated into the architecture of stone buildings and mausoleums. It was a testament to an era where there was no religious conflict. But that all changed when the new state of Israel forced out and killed the Palestinians, burnt and bulldozed their farms, orchards, and continued to mistreat the Arab neighbors. Gradually, like most Arab nations in the world today, they grew intolerant and hostile. Yemen's ancient architecture owes much of its past to the Jewish population. The city of Sana'a, which is S-A-N-A apostrophe A, the capital is unique in its design and appearance. I spent many weeks there while visiting the surrounding villages associated with discoveries of stones and artifacts containing the ancient language. The people are especially friendly and have extremely strong family, tribal ties that far exceed their alliance to their country. In fact, in the northern regions of Yemen, near the archaeological site of Sheba, S-H-E-B-A, which is really Saba, S-A-B-A, in Marib, M-A-R-I-B, the, ne- the national government was largely insignificant. Yemen is mostly heavily armed country in the world. There are between three to four AK-47s for each man, woman, and child. Children as young as eight can shoot these weapons like a sniper and often have their own weapons loaded and decorated with colored twine and smurf stickers. Most of the country outside the metro region is mountainous. Small villages were built in the time of the Crusaders, on the top of these steep inclines and resemble castles. There's usually only one entrance, which can easily be defended from attack, and just about everything is made from stone. I was told there were only two types of crime in Yemen, auto theft and revenge. The accidental killing of a family member, perhaps by uh, one of America's drones, requires that the family take a life. It is an honor thing, and old as time itself. One can easily see how the indiscriminate bombing that took place in Iraq and continues in Afghanistan would have a domino effect, quickly turning the entire peaceful Yemeni population into a heavily armed death squad. But that's not the reason America should think twice about making Yemen the next war front. There are more prophecies written in the old language that seem to have foreseen the events of today. The more prophecies with the Ark, let me summarize what I learned from the translation. I have had time to learn who was the Son or the Lord, and especially uh, what was the Box of El. Here is a story. And this is going on about Queen Sheba, which is actually Queen Saba. Menelik, and that's M-E-N-E-L-E-K, the only son of Queen Saba, 
and Solomon was depressed when he learned that his father's kingdom had been overcome and the temple in Jerusalem was sacked. So that's the second second. His grief was deep. Uh, the happiness of the son was poisoned. And this worried his mother. Shortly after this invasion of Jerusalem, Menelik received word that the Ark of the Covenant, which is the box or cell of the Lord, and that's A-T hyphen E-L in caps, formerly housed in Solomon's temple, was re- relocated for its protection. The text refers to an oath that was taken by Menelik to protect the Ark, apparently consummated by a ring that was given to Menelik when he visited Solomon as a young man. Menelik also received a warning from Nathan, his half-brother, that the ark could be harmful to his health and that it had caused vision problems and trembling when nation had attempted to interact with it. Menelik retrieved the ark, but has none of these adversaries and eagerly interacts with this box of elf, eventually constructing a special underground chamber where he stores the ark and converses with the Lord. As the danger of invading enemies became real for the kingdom of Saba, Menelik announced that the Lord had instructed him to enter the underground chamber with the ark and to have the entire construction covered with sand to conceal it from hostile forces. Menelik informs his mother, Queen Saba, that he will remain buried with the ark for a long period of time until a, quote, friendly, unquote, nation is overhead. Following her only son's instruction, Menelik is buried with the ark. However, his mother has a small chamber constructed adjacent to the ark chamber with a secret peephole, an aperture, so that she can monitor his condition. She secretly plans to open the chamber and rescue her son should he be in danger and has had one of the chamber walls constructed without mortar. On many occasions, Queen Saba viewed her son inside the chamber. She mentioned that he received a future revelation from the Ark, which sounded to her like thunder. As she watched Menelik interact with the Ark, she noted that he trembled and shook from the visions that were being shown to him. As time passed, the thundering noise and movement of her son ceased. Upon opening the secret people, the queen saw a worm crawl out. This suggested that maybe Menelik had died. The queen was determined to open the chamber and rescue her son, but she recalled his faith and remembered his words that he would be buried for a long time. She wept and cried what is known as an ocean of tears. That his vision of the future also included the revelation that she had doubted his word and she prayed that he would forgive her for her doubts. Determined to honor her son's wishes, Queen Saba has the chamber reinforced with more stone and mortar. She consults with the builders and masons to design an enclosure that would protect the buried chamber from future earthquakes, floods, uh, salt water, and other natural disasters. The chamber was thus made more sturdy, and a large dam was constructed around the buried chamber to protect it from waters and floods. This oval dam bars the story inscribed in the old language. The queen then dimmed her kingdom um, and basically uh, the mother is M, the capital M, uh, dimmed is A-M-Y-M. These are all in caps. Her nation was L-M and uh, reasoning was Y-M of the good Lord's nature was E-L. And the goodness sign, uh, goodness and sign was letter T, letter V. And Yemen moved her entourage to Ethiopia confounded her language uh, to Himeretic, which is H-I-M-Y-A-R-I-T-I-C, Himeretic. A copy of the Ark was made, and she allowed the buried palace and its courtyard to be consumed by the desert sands. There it remains for almost 3,000 years until it was discovered by Wendell Phillips, ironically the character on whom Indiana Jones was based in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. So... Then there was a oh, uh, warning, and in the Yemen Museum, there is another stone which dictates conditions that should exist prior to any attempt at opening the chamber. These include the occupation of the land by a friendly nation and the warning that the ark must not be removed and should not be used for any national or personal benefit. The ark is said to be used for the benefit of all mankind and petitions, 
asking for special favors to the Lord are to be made by collective prayer in the area of the buried chamber through the, quote, priests of the ark. And that would be include Menelik because he was guarding the ark. Uh, uh, following the burial of the chamber and surrounding temple, Queen Sama dimmed her kingdom and moved to Ethiopia with the prohibition uh, that the area where the ark and the Menelik were buried should not be forgotten, lest future hostile nations and blind prophets, quote, unquote, should seek it out. Is the ark still there? The courtyard was never excavated. In the summer of 2001, the University of Calgary scanned it with ground-penetrating radar and located the chamber. But then the events of September 11, 2001, forever changed the politics of Yemen and all Arab nations. The sand has again claimed the site, which is now under tribal control. Recently, some Italian tourists attempted to visit the sites when this article was written and were killed by an improvised uh, explosive. That's an IED. Um, this sent a very strong message to all outsiders that this site was definitely off limits. The area is also subject to Yemen separatist movements with the local tribes wishing to return to a divided Yemen and Aden where their tribal influence will remain supreme. He goes on to state, who needs the ark? The Jewish temple was built around a special chamber, the Holy of Holies, which contained the Ark of the Covenant. This was the raison d'entrée of the temple. The reason for the temple, uh, the ark represented a direct link to God. Without the ark, the temple is just a building. The ark is needed for the construction of the future third temple, a building which is connected with the belief that the Messiah will return to earth to rule all men, which is to be built on the site of the past temples. This location is currently occupied on the Temple Mount, by a very important Islamic mosque, the Mosque of Mecca. The third temple is necessary for both Jews and Messianic Christians and is essentially relevant in what many perceive as end times. Is this why America, acting as a proxy for Israel, is anxious to invade Yemen? I honestly think so. How else would the the ark be retrieved from such a heavily armed population? Why else would the war be declared on these friendly and extreme independent people? What will happen if the Ark is moved against all the written warnings? Well, we shall see. Okay. So that covers, it's now 145. Okay. Uh, you can ask questions, Jeff. I've covered the material. Since we, have you got your site posted for, for my articles? I do, and I'll be announcing that in a moment or two, but I do have a couple comments. So, First one is uh, it's Queen Seba. Is this the one that uh, King Solomon fell in love with? A, King Solomon had about four hundred wives, seven hundred wives. But yes, this is one that uh, he grew attached to, and uh, yeah, the Sol- they had a child together. Basically uh, dedicated to her. Uh, so she's a very important character, and. Uh, there's some, and, and by the way, uh, you, you've reported that there's uh, probably three Ark of the Covenants. There, there was one uh, original, uh, that was the one from God, but I'm confident that there is also a counterfeit one, uh, at least one counterfeit. So uh, you and I agree on that. that. Just, just a, a couple interesting facts as uh, Jesse and I have gone through some of the alchemy and things like that, and we've looked into... Uh, the Ark of the Covenant. This is going to blow your minds. So the Ark of the Covenant was made out of solid gold, and it was carried around by four people. Now, think about this. The lid itself on the Ark of the Covenant was three and a half inches thick solid gold. That's about 2,800 pounds. The thing is... Yes. The... The gold uh, is not your typical gold. Uh, of the, the the gold is the sheen, the glory of God, and essentially these people were not carrying the Ark of the Covenant; they were just steering it. It was an anti-gravity device. All right, we're on the same track. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the only things that make sense. And uh, and we've looked up the alchemy. I don't have the uh, my notes in front of me, but I can tell you we we can prove this. This is uh, this is discoverable science. Uh, and and it's uh, it's pretty much a certified act. So uh, this is this is incredible. And now, what do you think about uh, Ron Wyatt's discovery of the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, beneath where the cross was for Jesus. Well, I sent you uh, a detailed explanation on that. And I believe he found one of them. And he uh, was a uh, very religious scholar as well as a uh, amateur archaeologist. And he discovered that ark uh, between 1978 and 82. He knew that the... uh, King Solomon's temple, okay, that when that got leveled and he realized that, uh, with the Assyrians that surrounded, uh, the, um, the Hebrews in roughly 635, uh, uh, BC is that they had no chance in which to take it to a external location to put it in for a safe cache in keeping to bury it somewhere, someplace safe. So he, Ron Wyatt, uh, uh, basically knew that the only place could be buried was underground. And the, since the temple was destroyed, there had to be, uh, uh, plates uh, of the temple, uh, floor that were moved and had been a, actually a tunnel. And so he realized since he couldn't access it from the temple because no one would ever give an amateur archaeologist grounds to, to, uh, do that level of research to an archaeological historical site. He started searching from the coast and in his, uh, research and expedition, he found an old abandoned salt mine below the city of Jerusalem. And he realized that the, in ancient times, they had literally dropped things from above into this cavern below, even though it was a salt mine, but it was a way to transfer important, uh, data, material, whatever, books, uh, artifacts. And so from that, it, he, uh, used the pretense that there had to be with every tunnel, Jeff, there is always two entrances and that is a common design. And it's even through all the, uh, Mining throughout uh, the United States that was done in the, from Colorado to California. There was always an entrance and an exit in case of cave-ins. So he started on the outside from the seawall and in approaching, he did eventually find a collapsed tunnel and then dug it out, but he spent a total of four years. And in that process, uh, he was passing by uh, what was an old uh, garbage dump and he had a spiritual vision. And in that vision, it told him that this was the site of the crucifixions, which, which included Christ. So when he did eventually dig his tunnel and connect, um, he was, it took a matter of years. Uh, his boys did help, uh, two boys, but they had uh, also gotten sick in the process. So it, it was a, a lengthy process back and forth between home. I believe it was Utah and, uh, um, in Israel, but in 1982, he finally tapped through. Now there was a man he had met, uh, that met him rather. And he obviously was an Israeli Mossad because the man was too inquisitive about, uh, his work and, uh, never gave any background information on him, but said he was very interested and he would, and he would help with the matter. What it was is the Israeli Mossad always, any archaeological digger always monitored no matter what. There's always somebody planted in there. Or part of it. That's just the way it works. And when he reached there and a man was helping him, uh, that man had, uh, sort of like not a spectral vision, but like a demonic vision, which because he wasn't spiritual, he was intelligence and he had to, he bailed out of there and never helped again. So he was scared to death and because he was not religious as, uh, Ron Wyatt was. But anyway, um, when he did finally break through, there, he found the ark. It was, uh, a, it was stone encased 
and there was a crack in the lid, but from above, where it was actually beneath where the crucifixions had taken place, and there was dried blood that had dripped down onto the the stone casing of the ark. So uh, at that point, he he passed out and had a spiritual uh, revelation, and he was uh, uh, he was unconscious for like forty minutes. When he came to, he realized this was it. But with every single archaeological find, especially in the Middle East, you never get to bring the uh, the discovery to the world because the Mossad in Israel or just uh, uh, KGB, whichever, they will always absorb and take possession of the treasure. And that is the same with this. I'm sure the KGB, the uh, rather the Mossad, went in and grabbed it, and I'd already mentioned to you that the Mossad was trained by the French, okay, the French, French Special Forces. Okay, so uh, his discovery was valid, um, but he never got to complete it before he passed away. But that, that arc there um, is valid. That is the second one. The so the first one I already mentioned. Yeah. Go ahead. The blood right on the mercy seat. Uh, you know, listen – and there, and the, the other part of it is there was angels guarding it uh, when Wyatt discovered it, and uh, you know it's it just it, it, this should have been the biggest story in the world, and it was completely uh, covered up, not reported. Absolutely. And when you think about the historical meaning behind this, but then. You know, you go into, uh, like uh, Jesse and I have been decoding the, uh, the short films I Pet Goat series. And in I Pet Goat 3 that came out about four months ago, they show one of the, uh, what I'm going to assume is the counterfeit arc, uh, being discovered and coming up. And man, it's, uh, they're, they're really telling us what their plans are, Chris. I believe it, but it's, uh, Time time is very limited, and I projected it at five, no more than six months left before the they uh, collapse the economy. And this is knowledge that the public needs to know. When you get this uh, essay posted, the the audience will be able to see all the pictures that were included that I couldn't show now, and I think they'll be absolutely fascinated. I do have the original one on uh, on Ron uh, Wyatt uh, his discovery and. Um, I also have, uh, one on, uh, Tartaria, which includes the, uh, uh, the oldest Ark of the Covenant, which was in the, uh, uh, Giza Metropolis, the, uh, uh, King Khufu, or, uh, uh, also known as, uh, uh, Cheops in Greek. And that fit, that Ark fit directly inside what they know as the King's Chamber, because the King's Chamber never had a lid to it. It was not a – none of the pyramids of the stone pyramids were ever built for pharaohs as a final resting place. All of theirs were in the uh, uh, Valley of the Kings and also Valley of the Queens. Because I've studied Egyptology since I was like and, six. And their own and, lines uh, and their power centers. <laughs> yeah, it's sophisticated technology, all, all way more sophisticated than just the building of them. Uh, the news, again, is not reporting the proper stuff on this. Right. They are all, all pyramids, all stone pyramids are power sources. And, uh, I have an article where they all became, the ones that were functional became active in 2015 to 2016. And it, you will see each pyramid from Central America around the world to Mexico to, uh, uh, Indonesia to China. Uh, you will see a, a, uh, light beam leave the top of each pyramid. That's, I believe it's plasma. But uh, energy, but I'm no one could be certain. But either way, they're all going to a focalized point into the galaxy, and uh, that would be an interesting. Confirm that uh, other people are reporting that as well. Yeah, I have photographs of it from around the world. And one of the things I'll I'll show that one of the things you mentioned, Chris, is uh, Tartaria, and I've been getting a lot of requests to do a show on Tartaria. So perhaps we'll consider that one for next week or in the coming weeks, whatever way you feel led. Say it louder, please. 
I said, we've been getting a lot of requests lately to do a show on Tartaria. So that's something you mentioned. I can do that. And perhaps we'll, we'll do a show on that uh, in the near future. That's fine. Tartaria, everything in life has been a lie and a, and a deceit and a cover-up and a falsification. Tartaria was what we know as the Mongols, okay? The Mongols is a made-up name. They weren't the people. They were Tartarians. And they actually had the greatest empire in the world, which stretched to, the, stretched to both Americas and it uh, extended around the world. Um, Tartaria is very ancient. And uh, people think like the, uh, the Great Wall of China was built by the Chinese. That's utter BS. They were built by the Tartarians. And when Marco Polo went to uh, China in the uh, late 13, early 14 centuries, that uh, he never once mentioned that there was a wall because he went all the way from Venice, Italy, to what we know as Peking, China today. And uh, he went across land. However, uh, that was built by the Tartarians, and the public just hasn't recognized. When you look at the Great Wall of China, which is one of three you can see from uh, from uh, outside outside of uh, our planet, you can see the, the Giza complex, you can see the Great Wall of China, and the... Uh, uh, the Cairn Stones in uh, uh, France. Uh, the point is, is that the on the wall itself, the entrance to the to the Great Walls of China from the ground level is on the north side, which is the Tartarians, not the south side, which is the Chinese. The whole purpose was the wall was to keep the Chinese out of Tartaria, and everything has been a lie. And so this is the truth, wow. as you'll see, because the, the wall stretches approximately 1,700 miles. Yeah. The equivalent of like uh, from uh, New York City to uh, uh, Denver, Colorado. So it was in a straight line. As so it was meant to keep them in, not to keep people out. It was to keep. It was meant to keep the Chinese from invading and 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 taking the Tartarians' land. Wow. But yes, it was it was certainly defensive, but it was never built by the Chinese, ever. <laughs> but we've been taught everything wrong. The Tartarian Empire was uh, incredibly large, and we'll go into that. I have enough essays on that to entertain the audience. Well, you know, and it makes sense. But they say history is written by the winners, right? So uh, it could be whatever whatever the uh, the winning side wants it to be, and. And yes, I, I agree. Most of the world has been a great deception uh, for, you know, for centuries now uh, in particular. And, and the deception is just ramping up as we go. So, Chris, I did do the website uh, for you uh, and I've put up all your previous essays that uh, that we have done. I, actually, except for one, I did not get the one on the presidents up yet. Uh, but I've also put in some extra ones, so I've got all the uh, UFO picks. I've got uh, your all your essays complete in downloadable form. So yes, you can download them to your computer. Uh, you can have all the pictures. So for instance, there's over 200 pictures of these UFOs and the uh, the motherships and all kinds of things. It, it's it, it's an incredible collection, and Chris has so much intel that. Uh, uh, no digger will keep up. He's got uh, 25 years of passion and dedication to this and about 7,000 essays is what I understand. Now, I'm in possession of about 130 or 140 of them currently. It does take time to convert the files and to post them and everything else. So uh, please uh, bear with me, but I, I will continue to keep posting this stuff and building the site. And I'm also categorizing them uh, for everyone. So it's very easy to navigate. Now, um, one of the things that's on my mind in doing this, and I want to be very clear, um, I we don't like to, Jesse and I don't charge for Intel. Uh, we, we never have. Uh, however, Chris, because he's a, you know, a whistleblower, essentially, um, i you know, don't want to give out the whole story, but uh, listen, the, the, the government is screwing with people who uh, who blow the whistle, and uh, 
and we would really like to support Chris. And I know a number of you have asked me, uh, is there a way you can support Chris? So in building this site um, and storing all of the things, uh, there there is going to be a cost to it. Uh, and the cost is so you can help support Chris. Now, some of the money, I will be completely candid, is going to cover the costs and things like that of doing it. Um, and I and I don't know if I got the pricing right on this. So I, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, maybe the price will change. But what I put it at, um, and Chris, I'm open for your opinion as well, uh, to with the hosting of the site. So I've put it at a one-time fee of $17, and I will keep adding and adding and adding as long as we're doing this thing. Uh, there will never run out of Intel. It's a digger's dream. Or if you really want to support Chris, I put in a, a monthly thing, which is uh, three bucks a month. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, for, for like 12 months. So that would be 36 bucks. So uh, that's not uh, a payment plan to uh, save money or anything like that. It's a, it's a payment plan to just give ongoing support to Chris. So I hope that uh, that this is going to be satisfactory with the, the people uh, who are interested in this, but it does take time to do it all. And if you want to, it is published now. Uh, there's probably about 10 to 15 articles up there right now. Uh, there will be more in, you know, by next week, there will probably be double that at least. Um, and if you want to find it, you can go to Right on you. That's right on with the letter U dot com and just, uh, go down to the military analyst and you'll see it. You can hit learn more. You go inside and all of the essays are downloadable for you from inside there. Otherwise, you know, these shows are always going to be free. We're just, uh, you know, we, we want to get the information out. I want to honor Chris and his service to the country, his service to humanity really for uh, you know, really deeply researching this and he does it out of love for people. Uh, that's my understanding and my conversations with him and, you know, how else would you do it? So, um, yeah, so that, that's where we're at. It's on rightonyou.com, uh, a one-time fee of $17 currently, or you could put in a monthly, uh, support for three bucks a, a month if you want to, to get in there. So Chris, does that sound okay to you? Yes, Jeb. Um, it, I think it's, it'll help. What I didn't mention to you was that, uh, when I did the show last week, uh, because of poor orthodontistry in, in Europe, when I lived in Europe from 1969 to 1973, is that, uh, basically I'd, I'd had, uh, my, uh, right, um, incisor, lower incisor removed on Monday at 9.30 a.m. And then I did your show at noon on, on Wednesday or one o'clock. The point is, uh, I've had massive infection because of, uh, issues with, uh, poor or- orthodontistry. But anyway, um, uh, I'm on, uh, antibiotics right now, which is, is starting to make the pain go away and the swelling down. But, uh, I looked like a troll before, um, cause it was, it was that much, uh, massive swelling in the, in the jaw, the mandible and the, uh, uh, neck and throat. And, uh, but I, I will continue on giving the world the truce of life. And the, you said you mentioned that uh, you had the uh, ones on the IAVs, the Identified Aerial Vehicles, or what you call UFOs, uh, already posted because there was 190 just in, in those. If yeah. the public wants to know about those, I can do an essay on that at briefing. Rather. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got all of those posted. I've got uh, uh, Valiant uh, one posted. There's a whole bunch of stuff up there. Uh, honestly, the, the, I put it the history of the Masons, which I thought was an incredible essay that you did. Uh, that's also there. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. And as I say, I'm going to continue to, uh, to do it. I'm, I'm actually scheduling in time uh, to do it uh, weekly to keep adding the articles. So I, you know, I got to kind of copy them onto a Word document, then print them as a PDF, and then load them on the website. And, you know, it just it just takes time. It's it's not hard work. It's busy work. Um, but, you know. Right. But, you know, listen, we're going to. Use your volunteer. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's it for me. Okay, we can do one on Tartaria. Uh, I have quite a few others that uh, I want to bring on, but uh, uh 
you you jot down what your audience is uh, requesting knowledge on because they will gain from me the knowledge of a minimum three lifetimes and probably five yeah. that they would never ask in in one lifetime that we we're uh, transitioning. Anyway, um, this site, uh, Intel, uh, you won't be able to keep up. Honestly, you just you won't be able to keep up with with this stuff. So that's why I'm categorizing a lot of it now, Chris. I'm adding them into different sections. So you know, if there's a particular section that really uh, gets your interest, like you know, the one I call "Not of This World." So obviously, we have the UFOs in there, uh, but I'm also going to probably put some demon stuff in there and. Uh, you know, uh, so not of this world. There's a historical section. There's, you know, different sections that are going to be adding as we go. So I'm doing my best to categorize everything because it's it's an incredible amount of information. And I really thank you for doing all of this, Chris. And I, I'm trusting that the audience will want to support you in it as well. And uh, and just before we go, uh, I know we have quite a few of our prayer warriors in here. And uh, Chris, would it be okay if we prayed for you? Absolutely. Well, Abba Father, we come yes. before you then. And we know Chris has had some uh, surgeries, orthodontic stuff. Lord, there's some pain. It's uncomfortable. But, God, you are the healer. And, Lord, I know you want to bless Chris and you want to reveal yourself in a greater way to Chris. So, Father, we pray you touch him right now. We pray, Lord, that you send your Holy Ghost, your ministering uh, angels, just everything to surround Chris right now. Show him your love, Lord. Provide his healing. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And uh, if you just said that prayer with me, say an amen if you don't mind in the chat. So I know you were praying along. Uh, well, hey, listen, we, we got some real great prayer warriors that are already saying amen. And, uh, and one of these uh, prayer warriors is turning out to be quite the prophetic friend. And I believe uh, she is going to be giving a message to the Right On Radio uh, audience very soon. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've got a little bit of insight into what she's uh, been prophesying about, and I'm super excited to uh, to be able to share that with the entire community. Well, listen, thank you, everyone. God bless each and every one of you. And, Jesse, I pray for you as well. And, uh, and that you get your phone fixed <laughs> in particular. So God bless every single one of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the community. We really do love you. We pray for you all the time. And uh, until next time, oh, remember, uh, j- there's probably a good chance on Friday that we'll do a show uh, with the love guru who will answer your relationship questions on air. Uh, now, the only reason that that might not happen is there's a chance I'll be traveling to Ottawa to join the protest. And uh, so we're just going to see where that goes. But perhaps I can even do it remotely uh, if I'm able to pull over, depending where I'm at. So I'm intending to do the show on Friday. Uh, we've got a really special show tomorrow, an update on the Netherlands with some really special guests, uh, the Marleys and... Uh, these are SRA victims at the highest level. They're whistleblowers. It's uh, it's going to be an incredible show. So definitely tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on all the channels. Uh, that show will be available. Uh, for, but, of course, it will be deleted off of BoobTube there uh, right after it uh, it goes up. But uh, we'll, we'll keep it open for the chat and to air at least once. So, listen, thank you for joining us. Remember... Love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.